This is The Nifty Show. I am one of your hosts, Joel Com, and some other dude has popped up here. I guess he's the other host. I'm Jimmy. 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 Jimmy McJimmerton, Sir Lord, Most High Esteemed Time Lord, Travis Wright Esquire. Well, yeah. I had to add the most high after I smoked some super dope. You're the most high. Speaking of super dope, this is going to be a super dope podcast not the super dope podcast that's an actual other show hosted by albert polanco and his buddy pips uh, they also live here in puerto rico in palmas del mar we're kind of neighbors got a chance to meet him and his buddy albert welcome to the nifty show thank you thank you man i'm really excited to be here guys yeah, you, uh, you've got a consultancy studio at superdopestudios.com that people can check out. And the Super Correct. Dope podcast is a new show that covers all things NFTs, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. We, we kind of mix uh, growth in there, too, because that's something me and my business partner are really big on. Well, just a couple weeks ago, there were some major tremors in the NFT world, and you seem to really have a handle on what's happening with it. It surrounds CryptoPunks, Larva Labs, uh, Yuga Labs, and the Board Ape Yacht Club. And I want to sort through all of this with the punks and ApeCoin and everything that happened. So, so thanks for coming on today and sharing, because you were the first person that I saw post something about this and your your post was something to the effect of this is huge so <laughs> let let's maybe start by going back to the beginning and try to do this linear there is a company once upon a time that is known as larvalabs.com two guys called matt and john tell us who they are and what they did so uh, Larva Labs did something really cool um, back in 2017 with the creation of the CryptoPunks is um, they created, they changed the code for ERC-20 to be able to make them unique, right? So that was kind of like the beginning of non-fung- a non-fungible token. And so you couldn't actually own a fraction of a token like you can any kind of cryptocurrency. Um, and so they, they created this project called the CryptoPunks. Um, originally, it was... The first original CryptoPunks came out in Ju- on June 9th, 2017. Okay. There was an error and those were free to claim. Now there was an error in the smart contract that got exploited. And that error was that the buyer could purchase a CryptoPunk, keep the ETH and get the, the CryptoPunk. And so the seller would be screwed out of the, the ETH and the NFT, right? And so when they discovered this uh, exploit, they um, copied the code basically and created um, a second version of the CryptoPunks, which is what is today called the official punks. Um, they airdropped the punks to all the people who claimed um, the CryptoPunks. And so the real original CryptoPunks, which is called right now the CryptoPunks V1, is the true original CryptoPunk. And like I said, it was June 9th, 2017. The second version is what people are paying millions of dollars for. That is uh, that came out on June 23rd, 2017, and that is on the blockchain for everyone to see. And so the blockchain providence, it, it really doesn't give space for people to have an opinion about what came first. Right. The blockchain tells you what came first. Um, so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's 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 kind of what what happened back in the day. 
And they, it looks like they have a, a floor price of 14.2. Now, where did you originally see this post, Joel? Where did he post this? Was it in that? Was it uh, in the I think group? was it was in a WhatsApp group, I think, Albert, that you said something. Yeah, yeah. I've been – so me and my business partner, business partners, um, Pips and Alexander Mazai, um, we discovered this about eight months ago. Oh, I love Alexander. He's the dude who runs NFT.tips. Yeah, that's, that's our business partner. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very nice. Yeah, I was wanting to reach out to him about some stuff. He's a real sharp dude. I, I remember chatting with him when he first started his uh, his clubhouse. So ask him about me. He knows that we've had many conversations. He told me, and it was just serendipitous that that all this connected. But yeah, we oh, love cool. we love Alex. Um, we like I said, we we were discovering that we heard the rumors, and I dove into the smart contracts. We were on Zoom for like three hours, like digging in to see if this was true. Because if this is true, this is a big deal. So back eight months ago, we were talking about this. And long story short, after about three hours, we verified that it was in fact true. The rumors were not rumors. They were real. It was on the blockchain. Um, and we went to go buy some. At that time, they were like two ETH. But the problem was the exploit was still there, right? Um, and then when we went to go purchase, the price for gas was like two ETH. Or it was more than the, the cost of the crypto pump. And so we were like, hey, this is really risky because we don't know if the exploit was just going to keep our money. And so we didn't pull the trigger, right? Like six months later, uh, we see that they're selling for like, the, a couple had sold for 250 ETH, 270 ETH, and we were like sick to our stomach, right? Um, but you don't know if that contract, that, if that exploit's still there and they're taking the ETH and keeping your and keeping the crypto pump, then it's really, it's like, not an advantageous thing to pull the trigger off. Correct. And that's why we decided against it. However, a lot of people that we know that bought them uh, back then, they got them just fine, right? Um, the way that they got around the exploit was they just wrapped the token, right? And wrapping a token is essentially like putting it in a clear container, um, patching over the, the exploit and being able to trade it. And so with that, they fixed the exploit and people started trading them. That's kind of, you know, I kind of see this head in a jar, right? <laughs> it's yeah, the, the yeah. wrapper. Yeah. So let, let's just be clear. The crypto punks that have now sold on the secondary market for 873,000, right, ETH. Like the, the, the market, let's see on here, it says on the official site mm-hmm. that there have been over $2 billion dollars in sales of these you're telling me that these are actually not the ogest of ogs that there is a previous version that predates it that only have a floor of 14.2 how is that even possible that these truly authentic ones the first ones are relatively cheap compared to the ones that people are paying millions for well, this goes back to Larva Labs trying to centralize, control the, the collection in, from a central perspective, right? They, they essentially said, well, we can't, the, the V1s exist already. They're on the blockchain. There's nothing we could do about that, but we're not going to allow them to be sold. And so everyone's going to unanimously decide that the V2s are the originals and the true CryptoPunks. However, they didn't anticipate the CryptoPunks would become what it is, and they wouldn't anticipate that. NFTs would become what they are in the sense that the CryptoPunks are a piece of NFT history. And so um, a lot of people have used the argument, you know, the ETC, Ethereum Classic versus Ethereum argument, 
But that argument is invalid. You guys are familiar with the whole DAO hack and everything. And they, they yep. just, okay. So that argument is invalid because you're talking about a fungible token. A fungible token means it's the same, it's interchangeable. Um, with the CryptoPunks, we're talking about a non-fungible, which means they're unique and they're not interchangeable. They're not the same. So you're meaning to tell me that this unique asset that you're telling me is unique, there's something that predates it and it's a copy of that that predates it. it, it it's Except a piece it, of it, has, it has like a fuchsia purplish background, lavender background instead of the blue background, right? That's really the only difference that I can ascertain is the CryptoPunks have the blue background. Some of them have the maroon burnt maroon <clears throat> or whatever color it is and then the v1s was more like a kind of a light purpley thing Plum. correct yeah that's that's in the process of wrapping the background color changes but the underlying token is still really there oh but originally contract. they were blue like that but whenever they wrapped it it changed correct yes so or maybe it's not v1 now because it's been changed it's been changed well you still have the underlying token in that wrapped contract right the the wrapping only allows you to trade it safely, right? You can Wait, still unwrap it. What happens if you unwrap it? Does the color revert back to the original? I that's a great question. I don't know. That's I'm not going to pretend like I know that. I don't. I'd have to ask. I'd be I'd be afraid to unwrap one because you know you might. So it isn't safe. It is not safe to put an unwrapped V1 for sale. It's not safe, and they will tell you that. So. <laughs> How do like how are V2 owners reacting to this? Because now there's a digital twin of this item that they owned that predates what they bought. That, that's the controversy, right? And that's where the feelings come in is like people are upset because they paid all this money to get into the CryptoPunks, right? And they didn't, many of them didn't understand there was a V1, the, the people later to the party. Um, but it's like they decided, Larva Labs decided and the community decided that, hey, we don't recognize V1s. Um, we don't believe, we don't recognize their authenticity, but that's not how authenticity works, right? It, it's not how blockchain provenance works. They existed first. They are the originals. They are the OGs. Um, and, and there's there's a, I feel like there's going to be a movement into the V1s. If you hold a V2 to, to shore up your, to protect your asset, you're probably going to want to own your V1. And there's a lot of V2 CryptoPunk holders who are in the V1 community who love both projects. And they're saying, hey, I own both because I like what both projects represent. Mm -hmm. They're not so much trying to protect their investment and saying, hey, those things don't exist because you can't say they don't exist. They do exist and they existed first. You know, um, unfortunately. I have a question though about this because I go here and I look and there's only 2.3 thousand of these CryptoPunks V1. Like, Weren't there originally 10,000? Where are the other yeah, you know, so, 700? So, so there's there's estimated only between 5,000 and 7,000 of the V1s. Uh, that's because a lot of these wallets got lost. Um, a lot of these wallets are on, you know, they're just lost wallets. And so um, the other part of this is what you're seeing on OpenSea right now. Um, those are only the ones that are wrapped, right? So there's a bunch of people who have v1s who haven't wrapped them so they're not showing up on that contract uh -huh. okay 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 and so um yeah that's essentially what's going on so there's the fewer v1s some of them are lost forever i mean i'm sure that there's some v2s that are lost also you know in wallets i don't mm -hmm. know which ones they are but you know that somebody got something for free and somewhere down the line there's got to be some of them that are lost but even more of these 
are lost, making them more rare. I mean, as a speculator, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think that the price of these, you know, in the future would would explode due to these being the actual OGs? I'm just looking at it from future tense, right? We're looking back and at that point, the controversy is going to be over. It's going to be, yeah, these are the originals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that at the very minimum, they will get to the floor price of V2s. Um, if not, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, a separate, they're a separate collection and there's a separate vibe to that community. Um, if you're a real collector, if you're like a true collector, historical NFTs are such a huge um, part of, like there's a huge demand for historical NFTs and this is a piece of NFT history. So I, I do anticipate over the long run that, the controversy will die out and um, people will want to, to own these V1s. That's the bet we're making. Mm. It's so wild. So the wrapped crypto punks from the original exploited V1 contract are there. And uh, you know what? I, I remember seeing the message that you that you put out there. And then also not Mario Brown reached out and said, hey, dude, check, check this out. He goes, what do you think about these? And I go, oh, dude. I was like, I didn't understand it at first. I didn't realize that they were the actual V1s. I was like, wait a second. Who's, who's going to pay? It was at the time like almost 11 ETH. 11 ETH for like for a derivative of the CryptoPunks? No way, <laughs> dude. There's no way I would pay that. And then now they're now the floor's 14.2. If I had pulled the trigger then, it would have been smart. And I, and I think that you had even talked, whenever you talked about it on the group, they were even less than that. They were like, what, 8 ETH? How much yeah. were they whenever you shared it? They were like seven. They were like seven ETH when I first. I was like, "Hey guys!" Now they've doubled in price already since then. And it's yeah. not a derivative. It it's is the original. original. It's the original. Okay, so the the drama gets even more interesting because Larva Labs, which not only created the CryptoPunks but also MeBits, um, has been acquired by yeah. Yuga Labs. And this, their, their website for yugalabs.io is really plain, but this is all there is. But if you go down to the bottom, creators of the Board Ape Yacht Club, which mm-hmm. is the biggest, most valuable collection out there. Explain this. What happened and what does it mean? So <laughs> Yuga Labs did like a level 9,000 boss move with the purchase of um, the IP from Larva Labs. See, Larva Labs was is was never really a Web three company. Like their ethos wasn't aligned with the Web three ethos, right? Yuga Labs really is, and so they purchased the CryptoPunks and the MeBits, and they literally their first act was to grant all holders commercial IP rights. And so that was something that Larva Labs was not willing to do. That people who spent millions of dollars for these CryptoPunks were like asking for, and um, Yuga Labs just came and purchased them and said, "Here, holders, um, let's see what you guys create." Right. When that when that acquisition happened, the very moment that that acquisition happened, me and Pips understood we need V1 CryptoPunks. We bought them that day. The moment that they the moment that they um, that announcement came out, we're like, yeah, we need we need some V1s. Oh, so I I have this follow up. Does that mean that um, Yuga bought the V1s also? They own (laughs) V1 and V2s? Yes. Those were spotted on the blockchain bidding transferred from Larva Labs to Yuga Labs. So we didn't really? know if they, so they own both of them. Yes. <clears throat> so we didn't know. We didn't know at the time of the acquisition, but we made we had a guess. We're saying, hey, they're trying to bridge 
communities. They're trying to expand their ecosystem. They're not going to want this fight. And they already said that they weren't going to pursue any of the copyright claims or anything like that against any of the derivative projects. So why would they pursue any kind of legal claims that Larva Labs was trying to pursue against the originals, right? So we just saw the, the asymmetric upside, right? That the risk to reward was there. But then we spotted on the blockchain that the, the V1s, because Larva Labs held a thousand V1s, right? And they, they started transferring them to the Yuga Labs uh, uh, multi-sig wallet. And so with that, we still don't know what they're going to do. But regardless, we see the value as a historical piece, right? Um, but now, and now there's digital twins. So now there's the V1 and there's the V2. So if you have the V2 and you don't have the V1, then it's it's almost like that. Is that going to piss off the person? Because it's almost like who's got the G money? You know, G money has taken his. And it's like if you got that G money v, V1 version, then maybe you're the real G money. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a decision that's going to have to be made. And and some smart people have been purchasing. Famous CryptoPunks V1s of people that they know are holding the V2s. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see that happen. Um, the apes. I'm looking at the ape prices right now of V1 CryptoPunks. There's four of them for sale right now. The original apes that were um, uh, CryptoPunks. The lowest one, Joel, is 800 ETH. The highest one is 2,900 ETH for those apes. So that's a lot, that's a lot of ETH, man. If you go down and look in, the, that, that's just insane. Yeah. One sold last month for 1,000 ETH. Wow. Um, and there's been 388 ETH sales. There's been 100 ETH sales. So, so clearly people are understanding um, what's going on here with, with the V1s. Now, at the end of the day, right, I think any future display of, of the history of, of these NFTs, you're going to have to display both versions. You know, like a, like a gallery display or a gallery lot is going to need to include both um, and not just one or the other. Explain what this means in light of the fact that there's two of each CryptoPunk, or at least the ones that aren't lost. Um, if if you own a, a CryptoPunk V1 and Travis owns the same one as V2, you both have commercial rights to use that character. So so that's that's not clear yet. Yuga Labs hasn't said anything, and I don't think they're gonna they're gonna purposely talk about it because they don't want to stir up controversy, right? Um, there's still, like I said, a lot of money wrapped up in V2s. A lot of people spend a lot of money and it's going to upset some people. But those those are feelings, right? And, and your feelings don't equate to, to provenance, right? That's the, that's the brilliance of the blockchain. It's like even the creators of CryptoPunks couldn't control this and they couldn't make it go away. And they couldn't rewrite history to, to be what they wanted it to be. History is what it is. And the V1 punks will always have that unique story. Um, so it's still yet to be determined whether or not they're going to get commercial rights. But um, I do think the V1 community is unique. Uh, I'm in the community, and I, I think we're going to be doing some really innovative things that we've been talking about that we probably can't talk about outside yet um, of the community. But I think they're they're here to they're going to be their own thing, even regardless without the IP rights. If Yuga Labs decides that, I just don't see why they would do that. Dude. And you're looking at this, and like the lowest one, <clears throat> if you just want to get the lowest one right now, it's a it's a crypto a punk chick, and that's 14.2 ETH, and the next one is 14.5. There's a couple, there's some females up in there, and then there's looking at these, and you and you and you just do the math on what you just talked about, and you say, wow, there's already been a few 
100 ETH sale. You said there was a thousand ETH sale. A thousand ETH sale. Yeah, you can look up V1, the V1 crypto, uh, the V1 punks bot, the sales bot, and it posts all the sales. So yeah. they've been selling on Looks Rare. They've been selling, and that they just got put back on OpenSea, mind you, because Larva Labs filed a DMCA request to take them down, and OpenSea right. doesn't actually care about whether or not it's true or not. They get a request, they're going to pull the thing down. Well. They are the crypt, the V1 community hired an IP lawyer and they were in the process of getting put back on uh, OpenSea because you they came first, right? How are you going to say it's a derivative or a copy if it came first? Yeah. And that's so anyway, long story short, they lit they literally just got relisted on OpenSea the other day, um, like yesterday. Yeah. And they've been walking, they've been working for a while to do that. Um, Dude, I just bought one, I just bought one live right here. <laughs> I, which I which one did you buy? I got twenty five forty two right there. The one that was fourteen point five. Let me uh, let's see here. Let me go back nice. to sort these so we nice. can see which one. Uh, actually, it should show up. By now, he's he's, he's gone now because I bought him. Uh, activity. Um, here, activity. We're just gonna we're just gonna look in your wallet, Trav, because I. Swear can... the process. It is owned by me. Boom. You could have just went to activity. There we go. There it is. There's uh, there's Travis's. Uh, oh V1. snap! I like that one. I like nice. that one. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> so and I, I'm willing to sell it right now, folks, for fifty-seven e. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, really it's... gracious of you. Okay, yeah. so I want to when... lose four x my money, bitches. So uh, let's go. <laughs> just when you think the story is as interesting as it gets, it gets more interesting. You guys stick with us here because Yuga Labs. The creators of the Board Ape Yacht Club has not only acquired um, these properties from Larva Labs, but they just launched their own token, the ApeCoin, and this is making a big stir. So explain to us what happened here. ApeCoin.com is the website. Absolutely. Um, the ApeCoin really is bigger than I think a lot of people understand, right? A lot of people are looking at this as just as like an airdrop, the holders of 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 these uh, Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs in that whole ecosystem, they were airdropped something like 10,000 tokens, which it, at the time was around like 100 grand to 100, you know, when, when the price they were, went well, up. They weren't a dollar. Didn't they, they dropped as, at a dollar price? What's that? Did they No, 100 grand. What, they were at $10 whenever they started. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the price was around like $14, $15. So it went it up, to, up like, to about 18,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they did that to decentralize the governance, right? This is a governance token. And so what, what happened here with the ApeCoin, so it's the ApeCoin DAO and then there's the Ape Foundation, right? The ApeCoin DAO is all you need to participate in governance for the ecosystem is to have ApeCoin. And the many, Ape- Is there a ballpark of how many you need? No, it, any, any gives okay. you voting power. Um, and then the Ape Foundation is like the, the board, right? So what they essentially did was they modeled the EIP um, structure, Ethereum Improvement Protocol proposal, sorry. Um, and they call it an AIP, right? So Ape Improvement Proposal. They basically outlined a structure, a decentralized structure for how to govern this ecosystem. And what I feel like, yes, DAOs existed before them. Obviously, Ethereum was decentralized and, and governance was decentralized. But what they did was... I think we saw the birth of a new political power, right? Like mainstream adoption. Wait, 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 wait. is this now Planet of the Apes? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, 
they, they're going to mainstream the adoption of DAOs, right? Decentralized autonomous organizations. And this gives like asymmetric power to a bottom-up approach to governance versus a top-down structure, right? That's right. what Web3 is all about. Um, now, whereas they were able to capture the imagination of people who drive the culture, right? And so you're putting this at the forefront of the people who drive culture, music, entertainment, yeah. video games. Um, so I really feel like this whole ape, ape coin DAO thing is going to be a lot bigger deal than what people are understanding. People just understand, oh, they made a bunch of money right now. But yeah. what they really did, like I said, is they've, they're bringing DAO structures, bottom up governance to the very forefront. Um, and it can't be ignored anymore. Yeah. Dude, if you bought an ape, say for 200 grand, because they've been around 200 grand. And then I don't know what the price of an ape was whenever they launched the mutant ape things and the serums and being able to do what you ever want to do with that. But uh, if you got in on that, you probably paid a hundred grand for your ape before the mutant ape, before the serum, right? So let's say you paid a hundred grand, then you got a mutant ape out of the deal. And so then if you had a mutant ape, then you got an additional 2000 coins. So you probably spent a hundred grand, got yourself 12,000 of these ape coins and basically got a free ape out of the deal, even if you spent a hundred grand. Like that was a thing to me. And if, you, if you've gone in recently and had to pay a quarter million dollars, and then you got an ape. Well, now that, that just cut the cost of your ape in half and you still get these benefits, right? So it's like, it's going to be wild to see what they do with ApeCoin long-term. Right now, I believe it's still around 10 bucks. It went up to 18, mm -hmm. got down to seven bucks. When I got down to 750, I loaded up on some. I was like, all right, because it was one of those things I didn't know if it was going to dip more. And so I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't ape in as much as I was, was wanting to do because I thought it was going to go, I thought it was going to go down to, four or five bucks before it went back up. But I was watching it and it, it went down to 750. And then I think I got up at about seven, seven, seven point seven, something like that, almost eight. And then I was like, all right. And then then it's gone. It's it took off. But I didn't buy nearly as much. I was gonna buy much, much more, but I, I didn't. But I'm so I'm really long story short, Travis bought some ape. I bought some ape. So I have some ape. I aped in a little bit. Now do you think so? We don't know what V1 is going to do with this whole thing at all. It's part of the uh, the board ape ecosystem. It's part of the Yuga Labs ecosystem now. So now I have a V1. I know Joel has a V1. You you probably have several V1s at this point. And so you know, what is your uh, prognostication, your guestification of what do you think is going to happen with these? So with the with, with specifically the V1s. Um... I want to own a piece of NFT history. I understand that NFTs um, are a fundamental shift in how human beings exchange value and how we self-organize in communities, right? I, I honestly think, I listened to one of your guys' podcasts um, where you guys had a guest and he was talking about that NFTs were going to be bigger than crypto. And I agree with him. I agree with him. I think we are in a renaissance moment. This is a printing press level invention. And so if you think about that, if I could own the first version of a printing press, would I not want, like how much could that be worth? Like not only just the, the monetary value, but just being a part of it and saying, I own this piece of history. Um, to me, the V1s are more attractive than the V2s. Um, but regardless of what happens, whatever Yuga Labs decides, the V1 punk, what it is to be a punk really is not about some overlord or centralized party telling you what to do. Regardless of what Yuga Labs decides, the V1 punks are going to do what they want to do, and they're going to they're going to exist forever. Um, 
you know, but they're, they're the first ERC 721. Is that correct? So they weren't, yeah, they were ERC 20s, um, but they were modified to be able to be, you can't own a fraction and then they could be made unique. Right. So that's that's historical in and of itself. Correct. Right there. Yeah. There the and, and there was there was NFTs that predated the CryptoPunks right. and the CryptoKitties and all Rare that. Rare Pepe's. Correct. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's still a, a very central piece. Uh, the CryptoPunks were kind of the beginning of the phenomenon of the PFP uh, movement where people could use them as 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 an identity. Right. And people want to cre- use something to represent who they are. And so that that part of of it makes them um, a historical artifact, in my opinion. How, you know, as I went back and I looked at um, some of the historical, you know, the earliest ones and rare Pepe's and predating that is one called Spells of Genesis. And I'm wondering how these things aren't, you know, how they're not blown up to to be massive. I'm going to pull the website up here for everybody to check this out. Maybe because Gary V hasn't talked about it yet. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, this dates back to I want to say 2016 is is when this initially launched. And, what blockchain was it on? Um, I think that they're on Ethereum. Yep, they're on Ethereum. It okay. Says right here, and these are like the spell cards. And <laughs> apparently, there is a game that um, you know people are playing on uh, mobile. So I don't. I, what's I don't, it called again, Joel? What's the, it's what's called the collection spells, of spells of Genesis. I'm going to yeah. pull it up right here. And it's 1,043 items. Is that the original OG one? Um, Created wow. by well, Sogmaster. I would. I would be careful to make sure that you know it's not a a fake account here. Mm-hmm. But Cl- click it, on one of them and go to details. Like click on one of the NFTs. Yeah, let's take a look at this we one here, right there. The Frozen Colossus, Colossus. Details. And there's the contract click, address. Click on the, click or if you scroll down, it'll show you when they when they started, the very bottom of these transactions here. If you um, keep going, scroll all the way down, it'll show like when. Oh wait, up, up. Right there, you see the no all the transactions here. If you scroll yeah. all the way to the bottom. Yeah, that's it. It says a year ago. Okay. But so it could be that these got wrapped as correct, well. Correct. Correct. You have to trace that out. Yeah. So I don't know. There's. Uh, it, it's interesting to go down this this rabbit hole. I want to uh, refer to a story that we covered on Bad Crypto around Ape, and maybe you could explain exactly how this happened. But <laughs> so I, I guess some dude knew that the airdrop was coming, or just found out about it, and there was five board apes locked up in a vault. Mm-hmm. On uh, what service? NFTX. NFTX. On NFTX. So, what? Explain what they did here and what the result was. <laughs> it, it was it was a big brain move, to be honest. Um, so, NFTX is where you can basically stake an NFT and earn rewards from trading activity. Um, we've done this with other projects, uh, but when the when the collection of in a vault gets really low, um, there's not. It becomes unstable, right? The, the, the vault becomes unstable. And so this guy spotted the opportunity to use what's called a flash loan, right? Now, not, not just anybody can pull this off. You have to be able to code solidity. You have to know what you're doing. You have to understand flash loans. But basically a flash loan is he borrowed those NFTs and um, used them to claim the, the tokens and then paid back that, um, paid back the whole trans all in one transaction. So he did all of these moves in one single transaction. Therefore you could borrow large amounts of money 
if you're going to pay it back in the same transaction. And so, like I said, this was truly a big brain um, move and very, very few people can actually would have been able to pull this off. So the dudes that own 7594, 8214, 9915, 8167, 4745 did not get like they had their things in a vault and they did not get their drops. This dude took them. Correct. Basically. Yeah. And and when you when you deposit your NFT into a vault, right, you're staking your NFT. And then you're going to get rewards in the form of tokens. Um, it's it's powered by SushiSwap, the, the underlying layer. So you're going to get rewards based on the activity in that vault. And you're also going to get rewards based on the trading on SushiSwap. So you get a percentage. I think it's like a 0.03 or 0.3% um, uh, huh. fee, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And so when you put your NFT into that vault, you don't actually own the NFT. You own a a token that allows you to withdraw any NFT from that vault, or you have to pay a fee to pick a specific one that you can pull out. So how much do you think he spent actually to borrow those NFTs for a few minutes? I don't know. I'd have to, we'd have to go and look on the blockchain. I think that's the fascinating thing because it seems to me he probably spent less than 50 grand and got himself a million dollars, probably way less than 50 grand because he borrowed it just for just a little bit, like like a moment in time. Yeah, you could borrow you could borrow millions of dollars um, if you're going to pay it back right away, right? Yeah. Um, and so, I, like I said, I don't know exactly how he did it. Um, I could probably look at the smart contract, like the the ether scan, to kind of see what what happened. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have those details yet. I, I'm going to dig into it a little bit. Fascinating stuff, my dude. This is a mm. wild, wild west, and maybe so. So it's like, but if you look at there on, on OpenSea. Some of these, some of these crypto punks look like they were maybe minted. It's like if you you were going back and looking at the details. They aren't going back. The details aren't going back to because they're wrapped. Because they're wrapped, and they were wrapped like yesterday. Yeah, and that's that's what you have to. That's where learning how to read EtherScan and how to trace things on the blockchain on on EtherScan uh, comes in handy. And like I said, this was eight months ago that we were looking into this, and we had to like dig. Like I had to really dig. Um, and then I, I spotted that the creator of the contract was the same ones that the V2s. And, and so like it took a, it was a process for me to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but there is a tutorial on your own, on your own YouTube or whatever to, to show people that process so that they can do their own research. Yeah. And I, I think I have on uh, how to identify scams. I had a, I had a little video about that. And so it's easy to spot scam um collections based on if it's an open C shared contract or if it's a custom contract, things like that. So I did, I do have some stuff like that already. This has been great. These these look different than the other ones. So that's, that's, uh, that's the V1 punks uh, custom marketplace. And again, this was a community led initiative, right? There's a whole community behind the V1s and they've come together to do this. They created this marketplace um, and then the wrapper and this marketplace charges zero fees and zero commission. Yeah, so but people the fees are able- higher. Like it's higher than what they are on OpenSea. Are they same contracts? Because this looks like a pink background, whereas the background on the ones on OpenSea are more of a darker purple, like a lavender. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure why it looks like that on the marketplace. Um, again, I could ask that question, um, but they're the same. You could you could look at them and look at the contract. Um, they're, they're the same. This is where we actually purchased ours originally. Because they weren't on OpenSea, and we didn't we didn't buy the one we didn't like the ones that were on on Looks Rare. Right. Tight. Well, uh, as expected, you delivered 
massive value for us, Albert. We encourage people to go to uh, your podcast player, whichever you use, and subscribe to the Super Dope Podcast. You'll get more from Albert and Pips. And, uh, dude, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Travis, this is quite a rabbit hole right here <laughs> that uh, that we've gone down, is it not? Well, you know, it's like I've been paying attention to some of this in ancillary ways. And so it is interesting. You know, you know what's good is I, I feel good. I have connected my wallet to uh, v1punks.io. It looked in my wallet. It acknowledged the one that I bought on OpenSea as a legitimate one. And so my sphincter can now unclench. Ah. <laughs> That's that's good. We're all happy for your unclenching sphincter. Uh... Thanks for watching, listening, whatever it is you guys do. Make sure you subscribe, ring bells, check out Super Dope Podcast as well. Leave us a review, especially if it's five stars. If you can figure out how to give us six stars, then we'll send you an NFT. You, you can't do it. Doesn't exist. But maybe two five star reviews, then we could have ten stars, which would be also well, you know, that is true. You know, Burj Al Khalifa was it no Burj Al Arab. Uh, uh, hotel in uh, in uh, uh, Dubai is actually a seven star, but technically it's a five plus plus star. So it's not a technically a seven, but it's a five plus plus. So maybe you can just give us a five plus plus review, and we could be <laughs> the uh, Burj Al Arab of uh, of podcasts. That would be awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, keep it nifty. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Zach are the hosts, you'll know. Joel and Zach say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the Nifty, really kind of spiffy. The Nifty Show.